Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you spend a few minutes thinking about the business, not just doing it. What I try to do is I take different insights, thoughts that really help you to be able to focus on, you know, getting away from the busyness of the projects and the day-to-day craziness of everything going on out there and really start to look a little bit more to the horizon and think about where things are heading, not just where things are. Today, I want to talk about a topic that I think relates to not only kind of some of the economic headwinds that we're seeing out there, certainly in the marketplace, but also understand kind of what some of the strategies are and what you can do about them as it relates to clients and certainly the issues. You know, for the last, I would say, year or so, I've been talking about this issue of headwinds and tailwinds as it relates to certainly the marketplace. And uh, these metaphors, I think, help you to really understand, you know, the headwinds obviously been dealing with and mainly production related things with the price escalation as well as the labor issues in the market and certainly the supply chain kind of challenges. And counterbalancing that has been the tailwinds. The tailwinds has certainly been client market demand has been very, very high. Lead flow within most organizations has been just a natural thing. Haven't really had to work too much about it. And then also, you know, sales have become a little bit more of an order taking mentality, creating really long, long backlogs within the business. The challenge that we see today, because of some of the economic trends that are happening out there with interest rates and price escalation, as well as, you know, some of the challenges certainly in the world, uh, we're starting to see some real softening pretty much all around the country. I'm seeing, you know, the phone not ringing off the hook like it did four or five months ago. And when you look at some of the economic trends as it relate to kind of longer term issues that influence the remodeling industry, not the least of which certainly inflation, as well as the new home industry has seen some significant softening in the last 30 to 60 days. Because of that, usually remodeling falls or happens to slow down within three to six months after that. So with all that being said, I think think I want to talk today a little bit about what kind of some of the roots are behind things. I work with a lot of different companies out there that really try to understand, uh, you know, not only what's going on out there, but, you know, the reality is, I think for some companies, because you have such a large backlog, some of the dynamic that you're seeing out there today in terms of a little bit of slowing, you know, you're trying to make excuses of it for all sorts of other reasons, but there may Maybe some deep rooted things that I would at least encourage you to get a little bit better at. And the deep rooted things really wrap around the client fears, the client anxieties. Now, I've said certainly not only on this podcast series, but something that is so important, I think, for everybody to fully embrace and believe in this theme. And that is your real competitor is not other remodelers, builders, designers, architects. Your real competitor out there is the client. And it's the client's ignorance about how to do remodeling projects. It's a kind of client's ignorance in terms of how to select the right people to work with. It's client's ignorance 
ignorance that all remodelers are not created equal, however they oftentimes think they are. But it's also the client, I think, busyness and their time that is so stressed out. And for the most part, the biggest issue I think right now is some of the client fears. So as you think about this subject, you know, I want you to literally get out a a pen and jot down what you think or your team thinks are all the client fears that are out there. Because what's interesting is if you develop a relationship with a client, whether it's in the initial visit that you get to meet them or once you start working with them on their project, whether it's in design or putting together proposals, you know, they develop a relationship with you. And sometimes in that relationship, they're not real anxious to share what some of their real anxiety and fear is moving forward with the project. However, doing the proposal, doing the design work is something that, you know, it, it, it kind of is more about hope than doing. And because of that, you're going to find a client, a lot of clients out there going ahead and proceeding with some of the initial things that keep you busy, but not necessarily signing off on actually building the projects right away. So with all that being said, let's just drill into a few of the client fears that are out there because I think behind the curtain is the fear. Now, what oftentimes they will tell you is that they want to think about it. They want to kind of get their finances in in, in, in line. They want to look for ways to reduce the cost. They want to continue maybe even talking to other people and getting other opinions on it. But all those things, I think right now more than ever, while there's certainly le- legitimate objections that you've had to deal with uh, for many, many years, I think more than ever, those are just facades for some of the anxiousness and fear that they really have. They're really nervous about proceeding and, and therefore that nervousness causes them to push the pause button and leave things in a holding pattern. So what you have to do is you have to get better, better at how do I vaporize the fear? How can I be more of a therapist or marriage counselor or that tour guide to help them kind of navigate through some of the anxieties and fears that they naturally have? So let's go back to the fears for a minute. You know, what are some of the fears? So one of the fears is just the fear of the unknown, the unknown in terms of what's going to happen in terms of the economy, in terms of the nature of everything that's going on there. And whenever there's a fear of the unknown, it's like driving into a fog that causes you to be very tentative in terms of full speed ahead and what you're doing. There's a fear of making a mistake. You know, with the very long lead times that are out there, uh, oftentimes, and they're not building the project for six to nine to 12 months, the idea of signing off on that now, and maybe I won't like what I decided to do. So there's a fear of making a mistake. There's fear of cost overruns. They've seen and heard all about price escalation. So there's fear of cost overruns. You know, there's fear of, of even living through the remodeling process. 
You know, most people don't love having visitors in their house, especially strangers in their house. So there's some natural fears of what is it going to be like to kind of live through that process. Also, I'm on the board of the Better Business Bureau. And what's interesting in those on the as a board member, I get to see all the uh, listing of the complaints about the different remodelers and contractors. And what's interesting, more than 50% of the complaints are about home improvement and home remodeling. They're not about used cars. They're not about being taken advantage of with other small businesses. It's mostly about home improvement. And I've, as I've learned over the years, it's not because dishonesty and parties, they're just, there's natural fears of being kind of either taken advantage of, ripped off, disappointed in some sort of way. So the bottom line with all this is you've got some deep-rooted fears, and then we overlay that with what's going on in the economy and interest rates and price escalation and time and all those kind of things that are happening out there. And it just causes people to see the softening, but also to really start to kind of pushed or, or, or put the pedal on the brake a little bit more on their projects, which is going to have, I think, a big influence, not necessarily in the next two, three months for you, but have a big influence probably in three to nine months from now. And you need to be looking out a little bit to the horizon. So let me talk about a couple of things maybe you can do about this. Number one is because it is more fear-based, you need to focus a little bit more on the relationship, a little bit more on the depth of trust with you in the relationship. And trust is something that's earned. It's not something that's granted. So you've got to do those little things that create the trust, but put the time and energy into the relationship, not just the project. And by overboard uh, communicating and, and developing a little bit more time in the relationship, you you might also, for example, if your initial calls with clients are 10, 15 minutes, expand it to 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Why? Because I want a little bit more comfort in the relationship. If that initial meeting, for example, with a client in their home or, or done virtually, you know, is an hour, then extend it to an hour and a half. Develop a little bit more time and energy. Focus on the personal side of the relationship. The other thing is you want to move things upstream. You want to deal with some of these fears, not to scare them, but deal with some of these fears head on and earlier in the process. It's very important to do it earlier in the process because, again, they may not want to talk about some of these fears, but you can certainly bring them up. You might bring up, for example, some uh, either metaphors or some examples of clients and what they've done and what they were thinking about, almost a third-party stories and how at the end of the day, they were so pleased with the project. You know, you might also uh, try to, uh, you know, ask more questions when it comes to the clients, not again to scare them, but also to try to get down to the root. You know, so questions a little bit more when you think about doing a project like this, you know, what keeps you up at night? What do you toss and turn about? You know, ask things in a fairly friendly, simple kind of way. And more times than not, I think the client will have a tendency to open up to you. 
There's a wonderful little adage that I heard many, many years ago in sales, and I've integrated into many trainings and many discussions I've had, and that is people buy emotionally but rationalize their decisions logically. People buy emotionally but rationalize their decisions logically. Now, this is more important than ever in this time that we're in today and moving forward over the course of the the coming months, you know, people, it's not going to be necessarily the emotions and the hype and the excitement that gets them through and makes them to proceed. It's going to be the logic. So what do I mean by that? If you can weave data into your discussions with clients, that's what they're going to remember is the data and the logic and not how they felt when they were out there getting excited about the project, talking to you about it. The emotions will go away as soon as they either flip on the news or they hear something that causes them to backtrack a little bit in terms of how they're feeling. The logic doesn't necessarily go away. So what do I mean by logic? Give them some data. For example, you might say, you know, some of our clients really have kind of pumped the brakes a little bit here, thinking and hoping, watching lumber prices, that the cost of the projects will go down. Well, in a recent column at Remodeling Ma- at Professional Remodeler Magazine, you know, we talked about in the last three to five years, there's been between 15 and 20% price increase annually per year. So if you think this project a year from now might cost less, you are mistaken. It will probably cost you somewhere between 15 and 20% more. So when you're looking at a $100,000 project, this project is probably going to be $110,000 to $120,000 a year from now. Those prices don't go back. In the last 25 or 30 years, you've never seen the prices gone down. You've only seen the prices gone up. So again, getting off script for a minute, that is something that's real. It's logic. It addresses the client's ignorance um, and, and is so important. Another thing, clients are sometimes debating between whether they move or whether they stay. So having a little bit more conversations about how long they want to be in the house, but also if in fact they're debating, for example, to move out of the house, another factual kind of logical thing is to say, you know, many of our clients, you know, have thought about moving versus staying and some end up moving. But what's interesting about it from an economic point of view, the act or decision to move costs about 50, uh, 10 to 20% of the cost of the new house. So if you want to move into a new home that's a million-dollar home, ultimately, because that has more of the features and benefits of what you want, at least understand the act of moving, the moving costs, the real estate fees, the transfer taxes, the preparation for the new house in terms of the necessary embellishments, fixing up, selling the old house, all of the costs involved in moving is usually about 10, 10 to 20% of the cost of the new home. So a million-dollar home you're moving into, it's going to be a hundred to $200,000. Now, the reason for this logic is if you're really on the fence of debating, do we put that money into our home now, you can put some amount of that money, whether it's $100,000 back in the new home, and not have that money just vaporize on you by moving into the new home. 
So that logic, again, tied into price increases, price escalation, tied into also the cost of moving. You know, another thing a good friend of mine also reminded me of was something that I actually used to say many, many years ago, certainly to prospects and clients. And that is, it's factual, but it, it's a little more emotional as well. And that is, if in fact a client's thinking about putting a project off, letting them know, and I actually had a friend of remind me that I shared this with him 25 years ago that really changed, I think, his decision is that I've never had a client say, I wish we would have put the project off. I've only had clients say, gosh, it would have been great for us to do this a few years ago when my mother was still alive. It would have been good if we would have accomplished and had, you know, this new space that we just created that we love so much while the kids were still at home. But in the last 25 years, clients have only said, I wish I would have done the project sooner, not I wish I would have done the project later. Now, I share that little example because, number one, it's very truthful. You've heard it many, many times yourself. But why not not keep it a secret from the client? Use it as a reason to motivate them to get going on a project right now. So the bottom line with everything I'm saying is your biggest competitor is these fears and these anxieties. These fears oftentimes come or exist, but not necessarily the ones you know. So you've got to be proactive and go move upstream and address some of these fears with prospects so they can make a good rational decision. I mean, the great news in all of this for your clients is their home is their greatest asset. You know, regardless of what the economic times, what the blips have been in the last 30, 40 years, you know, they always come back to, you know, their home is in fact the most important asset they have. And now more than ever, living through the pandemic, they realize it's so much more than just an economic asset. It's your job to be that voice of reason for the client. It's your job to be giving them the insights to make the best decisions they can. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast today. This is a little different twist, but I think more than anything, as I said at the beginning, my goal is to help you to really think about things. And I think the more that you can have those skills and that strategy to be able to address these issues and and questions with clients uh, early on, you're going to see those numbers improve and not necessarily slip back. So I want to thank everybody, thank all my supporters for this uh, uh, session today, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Remodeling Mastery Podcast by Mark G. Richardson, supported by Professional Remodeler Magazine, Engage, Leap, Marlamar, and Destination Motivation. Check out our earlier podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.